You're listening to Scorched. A raw, real, and unfiltered podcast about drag racing and motorsports. Hosted by the man willing to burn it all down. And now, the man himself, E3 Extreme's own Damon Steinke. Welcome back, everybody. It's been a while. We're already uh, running into the late part of January. So I know it's been a while since I've done a podcast. I apologize. Took some time off. Needed some me time. Um, something that I don't take very much of. And um, honestly, this is probably the longest I've been away from the racetrack in seven years. So that's been a little bit different. But that's not what we're going to talk about today, though I am glad that you guys are all back tuning in. I want to talk about money. And I want to talk about knowing your worth. Because it seems that there are those out there, I mean mostly end consumers, not creators, but there are creators out there too, that don't know their worth. I saw an interesting post on Facebook. It's from Hot Rod Magazine, I think. They were asking a very generalized question. What do you think a, I think it was, what do you think a car show paint job is worth? And most answers were, you know, between ten dollars and $20,000, which in my mind is completely correct. I mean, depending on what kind of condition the vehicle's in, it could be a lot more than that if there's a lot of work that has to be done. But the comments were really all over the board with some people saying, well, people who charge that much are essentially delusional and overpricing themselves and think way too much of themselves. And I sat back and I thought to myself, that's an interesting way to look at it. So if I go into your job, which I can't probably do, just as you probably can't uh, get a mirror finish show show car quality paint job on your own car otherwise you do it yourself uh, so if I show up to your job and I tell you yeah I, I really don't think that you should be making $15 an hour how about we pay you twelve fifty? because if you're making $15 an hour you must really think a lot of yourself and I don't know how to do your job but I'm going to tell you how much you should make doing it Does that sound logical? I mean, it, it, seriously, sit there and ask yourself, um, what kind of fuckery does that sound like? Because to me, it sounds like somebody who can't afford that paint job. Uh, it's got nothing to do with what it's worth. It's got to do with what they can actually afford. And when somebody says, well, $10,000 for a paint job, that's ridiculous. Well, do you know how to paint a car? Have you ever painted a car? And I'm not talking rattle canning your shitbox either. I'm talking about a true paint job, a really, really, really high quality paint job, not your Mako overspray bullshit either. I'm talking about a real paint job. Chances are no, you probably haven't. Uh, so for you to tell the painter or the body shop guy or the mechanic or the chassis builder or your tuner or the photographer or the videographer, any of these people, how much 
they should be making. And if they charge more than what you think is acceptable, then it's a problem. That to me is fucking asinine. And I don't know why it is that your ego um, allows that or, or what, your, what your problem is. I'm assuming it's just because you can't afford it, so you're pissed off about it. With that said, I translated that into my side of the industry, which is content creation. And it got me to thinking about how many people over the last seven years have told me, that's too expensive. Why would I pay that? Why is it that expensive? I'm not going to do a whole tour of all the things that I, you know, do or own to have my job. I'm not going to talk about the, you know, couple thousand dollars in just lighting and audio equipment and things like that, that I have to do this podcast or the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars in camera gear that I carry around in a camera bag to every single event that I go to. What I will tell you is you, the end consumer, most of the time, because a lot of photographers don't buy from other photographers. Uh, but what I will tell you is if you don't see the value in it and understand why we are charging what we are charging, take your fucking ass out there and do it yourself. There's a reason that we have the access that we have, especially at these events or, or you know, wherever it may be. And there's a reason that we charge the amount that we do because of the time and effort. You don't just hit a button and boom, oh, magically a, an amazing uh, piece of content has happened, whether you're a photographer or videographer. The hours that and days that go into editing content after it has been captured. So you add to that that some for some people this is their full-time job, including myself. The amount of time that we spend capturing images almost pales in comparison sometimes to the amount of time that we have to spend editing said images, uploading images, and then if you want to buy the image, then we typically, uh, because you don't upload huge files onto social media or websites because, well, the files are just too damn big, so then you have to go back in and export it for print, and once you do that, so there's another step, then you either are printing it yourself, which means you've invested in printers, paper, ink, um, all of that, or you send it off to a lab and then typically send and have the lab send it directly to the end consumer. Well, guess what? That all costs money. And there are specialized individuals at every step of that process. Whether it is the uh, man or woman editing the photo and then making sure that they are picking the right paper, the right size, um, the right, you know, framing or material, whatever it may be at the lab if you're using a lab. And then you have to pay for the shipping from the lab to the consumer. And that doesn't even include the cost of, uh, having 
it actually printed on wood, metal, paper, whatever it may be. So for those of you that think that every photographer is just getting rich doing this shit, you're absolutely delusional. There are some people that make a very, um, I'm not going to say healthy, but a, a very solid living just selling photos. I am not one of those people. Um, I only know maybe a handful of people that their only job is to capture images and sell them. Uh, my job is not to capture images and just sell them. My job is to uh, do a lot of other things. That's why you see that I have branding partners uh, on the on the content that we create at E3. E3 Extreme has always strived to create amazing content and not strived as much to sell content. It's not been a huge thing of ours. And honestly, sometimes it's just because it's so time consuming to focus on the selling aspect of photography instead of capturing and showing and working with branding partners. And that is what affords for us to be able to cover the events that we cover. But with that said, I don't question other photographers uh, when they tell me how much they charge for a photo. If I really want a photo from them, I'm just going to pay them. I don't care what the price is because I know what's gone into capturing that image and I know what it costs to print it or whatever it may be. So I'm not going to argue about that. Listen, I'm not going to argue with a body shop guy about how much it costs to paint a car because I can't do that. I'm not going to argue with an IT guy about writing code because I can't do that. I'm not going to go into your job and argue with you if I don't know how to do the damn job. I'm not going to go into the hospital and argue with the doctor about what it costs, though that's a whole nother topic. I'm not going to argue with the heart surgeon that's cutting you open to replace a valve. I'm not going to argue about what he makes or what it costs because guess what? I didn't go to school for that. I can't do that. What I did go to school for was business. I have a master's degree. And not in fine art. I actually have an MBA. Uh, so I understand business. And I understand supply and demand. So if I'm going to supply you something because you have the demand for it, you're going to pay what I want. And if you don't want to pay what I'm asking for it, then go find somebody else that has the same abilities and uh, knowledge, access, and everything else that I do. And see what their prices are. Chances are they're probably going to be pretty close because most of us talk to each other and try to stay within uh, a certain amount so that we're not fucking each other over. So get used to it as far as uh, where we're coming from on our side of the industry. Listen, I, I very rarely see somebody question how much they pay their tuner because if they did, they'd... If they had the ability to tune the shit themselves, they'd be tuning the shit themselves. So why are you going to question anybody else? You question your chassis builder about why it costs $50,000 or $100,000 to build your car? I doubt it. Because if you do, they're probably going to tell you right where to go. So stop questioning people about why they're charging what they're charging. And people on the other end of that that are actually charging, know your worth. Don't spend time undercutting 
other people in the industry or selling yourself short just because somebody can't afford it. It's not your fault they can't afford your abilities. Listen, I'm it's a business, not a charity. I hate to I hate to say that, but it's true. I mean, you're running a business, not a charity. I mean, if you want to go out there and do the shit for free, more power to you. I'm not going to. And most people I know aren't going to either because everybody's got bills to pay. So this idea that um, you should have any say on what somebody else earns is, uh, or what somebody else charges for something that you don't have the ability to do is slightly ridiculous. I don't see, you know, tuners aren't going to question other tuners. Photographers aren't going to question other photographers. Um, well, I, I'll backstep on that statement a little bit. Photographers will question other photographers like, why the fuck are you charging so little? Uh, which has become a huge issue within our, within our side of the industry is because they don't know how to um, uh, build relationships or how to market themselves, how to build an audience. Um, everybody calls themselves uh, media because they've got a fucking camera from Best Buy or whatever it is. Um, and watched a few YouTube videos, uh, but don't actually put any time to, uh, build up a relationship. And then what they do is they go and undercut all the other photographers, um, so that they can have their branding partner, which they didn't even know what the fuck a branding partner was 12 months ago. Um, when they went to Best Buy to pick up their camera. So you will have people within our industry that want to undercut each other and, you know, good luck with that. You'll burn bridges and, you know, and you'll lose respect. And really all you're doing is devaluing yourself and pissing off everybody in the process. So I'm not quite sure why people do that. Um, I think it, some of it's got to do with the fact that they just don't know their worth. And they don't know how to properly determine that worth. Because they don't spend any time figuring it out. That's another issue. Everybody wants something and wants it and wants it and wants it, but nobody wants to actually figure out how the fuck to get there. So that was uh, that was something that had been uh, been on my mind today uh, in regards to um, telling somebody that essentially they think too much of themselves if they're charging a certain amount. And this coming from the person who probably has absolutely no idea how to do their job. So I don't know how much stock you even take in that because if they don't know how to do your job, but they're telling you how much they think it should cost, uh, what is their base, what is their reference, their base reference for determining how much they should be paying. There isn't one because they have no fucking idea how to do it. They have no idea how much supplies cost, labor costs, um, and everything else that goes into that. They don't see any of the hidden costs, any of the fixed costs. They don't see any of that, and uh, nor do they care. All they care about is how much is it going to cost them. They don't, they don't see everything else involved. And then you've got people who just, they don't even know how to price shit um, because they they don't learn. They just go out there and try to collect a quick buck. And that's frustrating too, but that is what it is. So that is my, uh, little rant 
uh, for the foreseeable. Um, I mean, you guys always know that I'm going to rant about something. But we are less than a week away from the opening race of the season. So I am absolutely thrilled about that. Going to try to bring you guys a ton of content this year on the website, on the YouTube channel, on all the social media platforms. Uh, that includes TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. If you guys are not following E3 Extreme and on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, it's E3 Extreme across all of those platforms. E3Extreme.com. So you can find all of this stuff. Uh, the YouTube channel. I'm not even going to lie. I think it's E3 Extreme, but YouTube is so screwed up sometimes that I honestly don't remember, and I've got to get better about that. I apologize. But you guys will find it anyways, because uh, our audience is just absolutely great. I love all of you guys. Um, so yeah, that's my little uh, money rant for now. I hope that uh, that clears some shit up. Moving on from that... What else has been going on? Like I said, we kick off the season next week at Bright at uh, Brightington, um, U.S. Street Nationals. 60, 60, 6, 0. 60 pro mods already registered for that event. And that doesn't even include all the radio classes that they'll have. I mean, listen, could you think of a better way to kick off the drag racing series besides being at Bradenton Motorsports Park for U.S. Street Nationals. I, I can't think of a better way to kick off the season than seeing so many cars. I mean, listen, it, I can't even begin to describe to you. I mean, 632, Pro Mod, X275, Ultra, LDR, I, you know, and the list goes on and on and on. And it's Florida in January. I mean, who the hell doesn't want to be in Florida in January? Victor and Wade are going to have that place on kill. I think Jimmy Bradshaw is going to be there, uh, which is always, always good because he gets to help Wade out so that Wade doesn't have to do every damn thing. Um, it's just a great place to go and kick off the season. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things going on, and we're going to talk about a lot of this stuff that's going on in drag racing. Um, NHRA, to their credit, you guys know that I've been very, very critical about NHRA. Um, I think that the Nitro categories in 2022 are going to be better than we've seen in a long time. I think it's going to be, I think the, the split off from the Schumacher deal with Antron and Caps and Leah and Hagen and you know, all of that going to smaller, you know, one and two car teams. Uh, and then you've got Wilkerson and Pedragon. And um, and I really, really think that this is going to be great for the Nitro category. Um, Pro Mod, they're allowing screw blowers in. Uh, I don't even know what to say about that. I think we could do a whole fucking podcast just about how stupid that idea was. Um. And Pro Stock, I mean, Pro Stock is Pro Stock. Um, I'm not sure what to tell you on that one. It'll be interesting. Uh, I already made my prediction that I think Erica Enders wins her fifth 
NHRA World Championship in pro stock. Um, and it's it's not because you know anything to do with her. I I just think she's got the ability and the drive and the hunger after falling short last year to go out there and just kick the shit out of everybody. I think that's exactly what will happen. Um, what else? Oh well, we got we got next month we have lights out thirteen. I think it is. Wow. I was at the first one. I'm starting to feel old now. I know. It's, that's, I think I started shooting my first, I mean, my first race that I ever shot was like in 2005. But, um, I think No Mercy in 2010, I think. Uh, it was either No Mercy or Lights Out 2. And they weren't even called, like, Lights Out 1 and Lights Out 2. Um, those were, like, the original events that I started doing, along with um, then Tyler's race in um, Mississippi. Speak of that, shout out to uh, Jabo, who has been extremely ill. Um, thoughts and prayers go out to him. And just so you guys know... Again, uh, thoughts and prayers out to the Slavens family, too. Um, unfortunately, we lost Tim to this nasty COVID thing, and within, I think it was like a week, his brother passed away, too. So, um, brother, I want to say brother. It was either brother or brother-in-law. I don't remember. I think it was brother. Um, but, it, you know, thoughts and prayers to the entire Slavens family and Jabo over at Holly Springs. Um, uh, Wayne Smozanic. I haven't heard uh, many updates publicly, um, but prayers to Wayne, prayers to Ken Kershaw, who I uh, I have not gotten any updates recently on Ken either. Um, listen, this shit sucks. A lot of people been sick, and I, you know, I, I don't know. Hopefully that we see an end to this sooner than later. Um, I, you know, I'm not a doctor, so I don't really have all the answers, but I do have the answer to, uh, to the burning question of who will win pro mod at us street nationals. Who do I think is going to win? You know, I looked at the list and it's hard to, it's, I think it'd be even money to say Melanie Salemi. I mean, she's she's pretty dominant there. I think Paulo is uh, Paulo Just is going to have is going to have a hell of a chance uh, now that you know he's back in the seat and got some seat time in December and will be back out there. I mean, you got Tuttero, you got Scott Palmer. You just there's sixty damn cars there. How do you even, you know, how are you gonna pick one i mean you could throw a dart at a you know a board and get back to me after we actually have like a 32 car qualified field and i'll give you a pick i mean you got stevie jackson's coming and i think marcus burton i mean there's you're talking about some of the best in the world to do this are going to be on the property uh, so yeah i i can't i can't give you a singular answer right now. Um, maybe 
maybe after I see a 32 car field. But again, that's going to be like an any given any one of those 32 cars. If we're talking about 60 cars that enter and make qualifying passes and they take 32 of those top 60, that is going to be a mighty close field and it's almost a pick them across the board from 1 to 32. I mean, just to get into that field is going to be extraordinarily difficult. Excuse me. So, I am looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to getting my shit together and bringing you guys more good content. Like I said, I know it's been a while. I apologize for that. I'm going to try my best to start bringing you guys content on a regular basis. It's not always going to be on YouTube. Sometimes it's just going to be an audio. Again, with the audio, you can get it at all your major uh, podcast locations, whether that's Google or um, the Apple Store or Odyssey. Uh, Amazon Music. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Scorched is on those. And I promise you that I am going to be doing better about bringing you guys more interviews. Um, I will be taking my gear with me to uh, get interviews at U.S. Street Nats. Uh, I don't know if we will do video of that or if it will just be audio. Um. I would love to do both, but again, that's a lot of setup, and um, I'm kind of a one-man crew, so unless I can find somebody who just wants to uh, run a video camera or something just to film it, I don't know how much of those interviews will be filmed. Though, now that I'm thinking about that, there is going to be somebody on the property uh, that could do that. So, we may do the video thing. I will let you know. And obviously, you know, you'll see it, but make sure to turn on notifications. Make sure you're following the Scorched podcast. I cannot stress that enough because I am going to start dropping a lot more content. Um, I've got to go back up to Ricky Smith's uh, shop sooner than later. As you guys know, Ricky was the first interview we did on Scorched. Ricky will be on again this year. Uh, If you didn't see the photos on social media that Ricky sent me, he is going to be back in a Ford this season, uh, which he has said may or may not be his final season in NHRA Pro Mod. You never know with Ricky. So we are definitely going to sit down and try to pry that answer out of him at some point this year. And E3 Extreme will have the um, the exclusive on whenever Ricky decides that he's wants to hang up what is arguably one of the best door car careers, uh, period. Uh, It's hard to argue against uh, everything that Ricky has done. So with that in mind, I'm going to check out for now and keep watching. I appreciate if you're on YouTube. If you like it, click subscribe. If you don't, no hard feelings. I'm just going to keep doing it anyways. You guys take care until next time. You've been listening to Scorched, Scorched. Raw, Raw. Real, Real, and Unfiltered. Join us next time when Damon scorches it all again to find previous episodes, news, commentary, and event coverage. Head to E3 Extreme.
There is no one better. 